Université Paris 1, Panthéon Sorbonne. Thank for the possibility of being here. It is a great pleasure to be here again and continuing the, our work with Annie. Uh, so today I would like to talk about uh, a work done together with this world on uh, Richardson approximation, Richardson extrapolation for Uh, stochastic PDEs, final, for final different schemes for stochastic PDEs. So first, I would like to say a few words about Richard and extrapolation because I haven't learned it when I was a student and I think this is a beautiful and simple idea in numerical analysis, so maybe first I talk about that. So suppose that we, we want to calculate numerical quantity U, which may be a function or maybe a, a number which we would like to get as precisely as, as we, we can, let's say the pi or, or the E, or for us this U is the solution of a PDE or more precisely of a stochastic PDE. But okay, just, just a quantity and we can a method to get to approximate this quantity And uh, this method involves a parameter and as h tends to zero, then our approximation is getting better and better converges to, uh, to the real value u. Then Richardson had the idea, or maybe even before, but what I know is is from Richardson from 1911 that taking uh, various uh, values of age and then a mixture of the corresponding approximation dramatically increases the, uh, the accuracy of our approximation. So uh, if we take uh, half of the parameter and the corresponding approximation u h half and, and consider also our approximation u h and if we take 2 uh, u h half minus u h and this is our new approximation u bar then it turns out in many cases that this is much better Uh, uh, it has much better accuracy than, than uh, either of, of these approximations. Now, behind all this, when this happens, is that the approximation uh, has uh, an expansion, a kind of Taylor expansion, more precisely, that the u h can be written as the original or the true value u plus h times some fixed uh, value, some fixed number which does not depend on h plus, and let us uh, terminate here, plus a uh, remainder term which is of equal h squared. And then 
this fact, so then from here, first of all, we see that all approximation has accuracy h, or first order accuracy, u minus uh, but if we have such an expansion, then we can see that for u h half, then we have h half times u1. The important thing is that the same u1, so it does not depend on h, plus because h squared. And then a very simple thing is that if I take twice this line and subtract from, from it that one, then so on the left hand side I have u bar h equals u plus then uh, uh, this is just cancel this is why this is the, uh, the coefficients like this and then plus big to a squared and so we see that the, uh, the accuracy is dramatically better and so with one step better and so on so if we have <laughs> if we have a, an expansion uh, so a higher order expansion so u plus a u1 plus and so on plus h to the k u k plus p gordo h uh, k plus 1 then using values for so then using u uh, h u h r and so on u h over 2 to the k then we can find coefficients b0, b1 and so on bk that if we take the sum bj u h over 2j from 0 to k then the approximation so u minus this is equal to hk plus 1 so this is just simple linear algebra if we write down then now uh, the equations for h half that u plus h half u1 plus and so on h k uh, 2 to the k u k plus equal to h k plus 1 and so on then we just should choose these coefficients such that all the term with, with a lower order um, powers, so up to power k, cancel, then we get at this one. So in fact that this is easy to, to see that if we if we consider if we def define B bk such that this vector is the <coughs> 1, 0, 0 vector times the Wonderman matrix inverse where the Wonderman matrix is 
2 to the i, so i j element is 2 to the i minus 1 j minus 1, so this is i plus 1 to t uh, plus 1. Then with these coefficients, we achieve what we want. This is just, I have written down the solution of the corresponding uh, equations, linear equations, such that the, the coefficients u1, uk, disappear in the, in the mixture. That's just like, just like here. Yes, so this is a well-known well method, well-known idea, I assume for many, many people. Unfortunately, I didn't pay much attention to the numerical analysis course we had because I found it very boring. It, uh, and then later I realized that, in fact, that is quite an exciting topic. So nowadays I, I'm interested in, in this kind of thing. So when, when we have uh, an expansion, for, for our approximation in terms of the parameter, then we can accelerate the convergence of our method by using this idea. So that's clear. So the main thing is how to get, and in which cases can we get such an expansion. And uh, there are many results in the, in the literature, but uh, what is amazing that still, in several methods, one cannot find precise proofs of the existence of the ex uh, expansion. So now we are interested in finite elements methods for SPDs. And so far we have found uh, results for the expansion in case of elliptic deterministic PDE, but uh, nothing for parabolic. And, and so we think that there is still a, a big area here to work, hopefully. Now what, uh, what uh, is this talk is about, that one can have the expansion for finite difference schemes for SPDs. Now, expansion, the existence of expansions for finite difference schemes is proved in, in several cases in the literature, so especially when the equation, so for hyperbolic equations, I have seen under certain conditions for parabolic equations, if the equation is non-degenerate, that was an important assumption, and also for elliptic. And so we, we, we produced here uh, results for stochastic parabolic equations, which we think is also new concerning the assumptions, uh, a new result if we, if we just uh, consider the, uh, the deterministic part. So we throw out, throw out the, the stochastic part. Right. So this is what I wanted to, uh, to give as an introduction. And then what is, what is the result? First, I, I wanted to talk about a uh, little bit 
the motivation why we are interested in stochastic PDEs and, and approximation and acceleration, because the kind of stochastic PDEs we are interested in uh, arise naturally, arises naturally in the filtering problem. So first I quickly would give an introduction to nonlinear filtering if, if someone is not familiar with that topic. Then uh, some results concerning finite difference schemes, and finally uh, acceleration uh, this type of, of results. So nonlinear filtering is a very popular subject in engineering and also in mathematics. So the model we consider here is a signal observation model where X is is the signal process, Y is the observation process, and uh, the S satisfies such a stochastic differential equation uh, written here, and by another stochastic differential equation. Here, you see there is also a coupling between the, the observation and the signal. Uh, H, sigma, capital H, these are given vector fields on, uh, for each Y parameter on the on let's say RD. There, there is an initial value, initial random variable for the uh, signal also for the observation. Uh, the W and V together is a Wiener process, a multi-dimensional Wiener process, and then the uh, the classical problem is that from the observation until time t, which is this y t, or we consider the sigma algebra generated by these angle variables, we, oops, yes, that is a kind of error, we have to estimate uh, in mean square sense, oops, yes, optimally a function of the signal at a given time t. And then one knows that in mean square sense the optimal uh, estimate is the conditional expectation of phi of x t given by t. And that is obviously some very silly thing which I have written here. So what I wanted here is phi of phi of x t expectation conditional given the value so instead of that I don't know how and I have seen this several times okay so this is the optimal estimate but the question is how to calculate it of course of course if we have uh, information if we can calculate the conditional distribution P or if the, if the density exists and the conditional density, then we just need to integrate the function phi of x, and that is how we can get the, uh, the, the best estimate for phi of xt. Well, so the question, how to calculate the conditional density or conditional distribution, and then there is a well-known theorem Pardon, Krolov and Rosowski, which, uh, which is formulated here, that if the uh, conditional distribution of the initial value for the signal given the initial value of the observation is a smooth, so a smooth uh, uh, 
function so that there is a smooth density, smoothness here is measured in Sobolev spaces so that there has one uh, derivative which is, which is in L2. And this is the first uh, assumption, second assumption, if the functions involved into this, um, into this model are smooth enough, that means up to order three they have bonded derivatives, so this means here that all, all these functions, sigma rho, uh, small h, capital H, which are involved in the model, if these are smooth in this sense, then there exists uh, the conditional density and it can be calculated as given here where utx is normalized, so utx is uh, a stochastic, uh, so a random field, so it depends on t, this is not derivative but just the the variable is written as an index t and then x um, is normalized, so this is the integral with respect to x, where the u is the solution of a stochastic uh, partial differential equations, where uh, it is written here, where L star is a second order operator, it is the formula joint of this operator, which is the infinitesimal generator corresponding to the diffusion given by the signal. And the M star, MK star, by the way, that I write repeated indices, one uh, that I understand always a summation with respect to repeated indices, so before and now as well and here as well. So going back to M, MR star is the formula joint of this MR, which is a first order differential operator. And the initial condition is given by the uh, conditional uh, density for, for the C given the eta. So in, in fact here there is another error I should have written density, so d of this over d of d of x. So, oh, oh yes, and then this one here is the, is the observation. So this is a, a stochastic differential equation, stochastic partial differential equation driven by the observation. And the theory of such equations are very developed, so existence uniqueness and also qualitative uh, properties, so uh, lots of things are, several theories are developed for these equations. But if you really want to, uh, to claim that you would like to apply them, we, we should develop also uh, approximation methods for solving them and effective approximation methods. So this is the motivation. So we will consider these types of equations and for these types of equations we will have accelerated um, numerical methods. So we are using which are idea. Okay, so uh, this is the main part of the talk, or the third, in fact, is the main part of the talk. So we consider a stochastic partial differential equations written here, 
LEDs, a second order operator, shortly written like, like this. Again, summation convention is used. So this is this uh, expression contains also first order and zero order terms because alpha beta when uh, alpha or beta takes zero then that means that the alpha is defined, it is not written here, as the identity, and then the, in the summation one can find also first order and zero order terms. So this is a general second order differential operator, this LT, and M is a general first order differential operator. So just like in the equation before, the filtering equation, which is also called, called the Zappai equation. And we assume uh, certain assumptions in order to have uh, the existence of the solution and also enough regularity in order to be able to use uh, approximation methods or numerical methods. So the assumption is the first one is that the coefficients uh, are real valued, this A and this other one is vector valued, I wrote here small lt valued because the, the number of, uh, we have, we may have infinite number of linear processes which are of, or marking years which are uh, driving the, but uh, for simplicity this can be just a vector valued one and all these are random because in the equation, in the applications, uh, there is randomness involved through the observation. So random, and this HT is the, so HT is the zero capital T interval cross RD, so this is a annotation. Here, so we consider the equation in a finite interval in time and in the whole space. And the, right, and the assumption is, uh, the regularity assumption means that we have enough smoothness, so we fix an m, an integer greater than or equal to 1, and require that the so-called diffusion coefficients have derivatives, bounded derivatives up to order m. Oh, no, diffusion, sorry, this is in the drift, so maybe it's good to uh, just to write down how, uh, how the equation to keep in mind how the equation looks like. So we have uh, this L was a script L and that is A alpha beta B alpha B beta so alpha and beta are from 0 to D the D0 is the identity right and then we have the M was an M or MR and that Yes, 
there is also an R to 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 run that uh, and also dependence on P that looks like this. Okay, so these these have uh, bonded derivative other the this which I call a drift of the SPD there up to M, here up to M plus one. Yeah. Right. So, so I have a question. You have an infinite series of motions, right? Mm. You have some principles like this, or Yes, in that, in, in this, uh, yes, yes. This is an equality at the, the bottom, and equality yes, the equality from the bottom, and you have to sum up. Yes, yes, you're right, thank you. So, oops, oops. So this, when I write that in L2 norm, that means it is summed up oh, in sorry, infinity. So yes, but uh, I did not say that. But for first uh, acquaintance with this theory, is better just to take finite in any, and then that's it. But um, answering honestly the question, this theory did not um, uh, cover uh, space-time by noise, not even in dimension one. Well, so, but in the, in the application, in, in Zappari equation, we, we don't have that, so therefore we are happy with this. Uh, right, the very important assumption is this kind of uh, ellipticity or called stochastic parabolicity assumption, you know from the theory of is that when you have such a such a PDE, LU plus some free term DT, uh, so let us forget the, the stochastic term there, then a linear equation, then the main term, so the ARJ should satisfy the the ellipticity condition in order to get the theory. So this is some kappa positive fixed number times the identity written in matrix form. Now the stochastic term, which is which is here and has this the uh, these coefficients, um, ruins the the good property. So in order to to have nice uh, theory, one should take into account the bad effect of the noise and this this is the assumption which takes uh, takes into account so the the part this uh, ellipticity for A should be good enough such that it compensates the uh, the quadratic form coming or from this uh, positive to the matrix coming from the V. Yes oops is there some time I thought that I should look at the, the time, but that is enough. Okay, so uh, this is the condition in uh, which is usually the theory which ensures the existence and uniqueness of the, of the solution together with regularity assumptions on the coefficients. Of course, if we have um, the, the free terms, I call, uh, call these free terms as usual, the F and the G, where, so we have the F here and the G is here, M, R, and uh, uh, 
u plus g minus the i to the power here well, so in that case, there, uh, there should satisfy also some integrability condition and also smoothness condition. This M means that the norm in the Savoyer space with index M. So M derivatives in L2 should be for each T in the space variable and then in T it should be L2. So more derivatives is required M plus 1 uh, from G. Right, so this is something which is well known from the theory that under these assumptions, so I, I formulate here the first result, which is well known, just an existence uniqueness and regularity result together, that if we have the, the assumptions uh, we have seen, then this equation uh, has a unique solution. Uh, and this solution is, is in this uh, space, which means that it should be square integrable with respect to the measure on omega and also in T as a process with values in the Savoyer uh, space M plus 2. And this solution is understood in the generalized sense, so using test functions as, as it is usual with the theory of PDE. And moreover, one has such an estimate. So this is a, a main ingredient in improving uh, for us uh, um, approximation results because approximation results always depends on how smooth your um, uh, solution is which you want to approximate. So this is why we need such a, such a result. And from this, it follows that one can have, if M is high enough, large enough, that uh, parameter which gives the smoothness of the solution, in terms of the smoothness of the data, if that is large enough, then there exists a classical solution. Classical solution is point-wise. The classical derivatives are taken and the equation is satisfied for all T and all X so this means the classical solution. All right, now, how to approximate? Now we consider the finite difference key. Uh, to, to this, let us uh, fix some notation which is written there, but, but maybe it is good to have uh, also for just to have in mind what uh, all the time this notation. So we, we take a lambda set, finite set of ID, set of vectors, it contains the zero vector as well. So the zero vector is, is, in, is in lambda. And then when we take out the zero, then we use the notation lambda not, and that is lambda minus the zero. Okay, if we have a vector, let's say lambda from ID, then the V lambda H denotes the finite difference and the finite difference operator defined as 
psi x plus lambda h minus phi x divided by h and here h in this definition can be any any number except the zero so positive negative as well notice that that this is independent of any grid so you can define this on, on functions on, on rd not simply on, on grid right so let's use okay anything else which is important here no then the then the uh, obvious thing is that we oops, that we substitute the differential operators by difference operators. This is LH, so H is the parameter which uh, is taken from the so the same which is in the uh, finite difference operator. And the LH is just a similar type of finite difference operator. Now this K is in fact a Golty K. So another one we had before uh, one A and this one. And then now instead of L we have an LH. H is the upper LH, where that is the Gauti, how to write it? I write it like this. Tell it it's not Gauti. Yeah. And delta, uh, oh, not I use uh, lambda and nu. Yes, lambda and nu. Lambda and nu, and this is delta, lambda, delta, nu. There is lambda and nu are vectors from, from this, this lambda. Obviously, we cannot just uh, arbitrarily substitute uh, the operator with any, any uh, function A, go to A. There should be a consistency. While we, the natural thing is just to write A alpha beta and then the, the, de the delta uh, uh, sorry, there is also H yes, and, and new. The natural thing is that the D alpha, let's say this is the DI, is just approximated by the delta H and the corresponding direction, which is the basis direction. But sometimes it is much better to have the flexibility to to have other vectors uh, in the, for example, it turns out that the first order differential uh, derivative is is better approximated in some sense with symmetric ones. Then in that case, if we take delta h e i and plus the delta and uh, here h uh, minus e i. So in the other direction, over, over 2. Yes, so this is the symmetric one. So that we should have a flexibility in the, in the, in the scheme and therefore we use this uh, set of vectors lambda and then uh, there should be a consistency assumption between the, the gothic, oops, 
between the gold decay and, in fact, here, the other one, again, this, uh, right, this, this one is just uh, the measurability, nothing important, also regularity condition, and so not consistency. This is now separated yet from the original path, just to consider such a different scheme where these coefficients satisfy regularity conditions and also a parabolicity, a corresponding parabolicity condition is needed. And then we have a solvability uh, in order to uh, explain the, uh, the approximation we should uh, talk about the grid as well. So the grid is generated by this lambda and so uh, imagine that we have two, let's say this is one vector and this is the other one, then the grid is just uh, uh, taking the, the integer numbers and we take the, uh, we generate over the integer number this, this vector, so then we get the grid. So this is the grid, which also is this, so this is what we denote by GH. Sorry, in fact, uh, when I write GH, that not is the integer, but the multiples of H are used to as, as coefficients of these vectors to generate the grid. So this is the, the corresponding grid. And uh, right. And notice that if we consider only at the grid points our equation. Uh, let's go back to this equation, Oops, this one here, and let us consider this only at the grid points, then we have a system of Ito equations. So then uh, the solvability of that is easy, a linear system, so we have a, a unique solution under a very mild condition. And the important thing is to get an estimate for the solution independently of age. So this is the theorem which, uh, which, which does that. So this is the first very important step in numerical analysis. It is called stability condition for the, uh, for the approximation. So we have a final difference scheme. We should have obviously a solution that's trivial, but that is not enough. We should have an estimate for the solution in suitable norms independent of the, of the parameter H. So this is the result. And the, there is um, maybe an interesting approach to this, that normally you consider finite difference schemes only on grids. But it's better, it turns out, it's better to consider on the whole space that uh, because the grid point uh, can be by shift, can be put anywhere. So in fact, uh, the, uh, the solution of the finite difference scheme in the space can be uh, defined at any any space point. So, so therefore, the solution which uh, ah yes, I, I I should go forward. <laughs> My goodness, I, I yes, I 
I should have taught here about the consistency condition, which is something which relates the, uh, the coefficients of the original equation to the coefficients of the, but this is some trivial condition, so I don't think uh, anyone would uh, uh, problem with that. Also, some examples before I, I, I went, the trivial example is mentioned that we take the lambda just the, the this E naught is the zero, and, and then the other ones are just the basis vector. This is a trivial way, but very often not the best way to use the approximation. And then the other uh, more interesting, a uh, little bit more interesting, when we use the twice, so we use not only the, the basis directions, but also the negative ones as well. And then we use a symmetric kind of approximation, uh, then it turns out these are very useful. Yes? Is that the part that the It is usually called uh, here, the, it is similar to that, and in fact does okay. a similar job as the, as the, as the friendly person. Yes, right. in fact I would say that that corresponds to that, exactly. But I usually use that in, in the time, the black one here in the space, but it does the same job. It's symmetric, and therefore it has a better approximation, it turns out, than, than just uh, using the, the forward or backward differences. So the symmetric differences are better. Okay, uh, sorry, this proof is not interesting. Now, here we are that the system of equa uh, equations, if n is large enough, then has a, an L2GH value solution. What does that mean? L2GH value that we consider uh, uh, so V is in, uh, which is defined on the grid, is called L2 in the grid. If we consider the values but only in the grid, take the, take the square of them and then sum up but on the grid. And then, if this is finite, then this is the uh, In order to have the consistency with the uh, big L2 norm, we also multiply by h to the d, and this is defined as the norm or a square of d the L2 gh. So this is the, so there exists such a solution which is a trivial fact more or less. The important thing is that independently of age one has an one has an estimate. This this one here is an error. I just mentioned that independently and I don't know how I wrote that the a square so a square is not there. Sorry? I don't think that you are, I don't think this stating what you have in mind. No, uh, no, this is no oh this is an error term. You're right, you're right. I am always want uh, wanting to formulate finally that existence, but in fact 
summer I lost that axis. Uh, I wanted to follow it, and this is the error term, so the A square is, is, is there. That's right. Okay, I, I, I haven't written down the existence result. Maybe at the end, I wrote the uh, story, and you are absolutely right that the first, this theorem is talking about that if the regularity is good enough, so the smoothness parameter m is large enough, then the equation has a unique solution, and moreover, the error in this supremum norm, supremum in x and supremum in t, is uh, approximated as a constant which does not depend on, on h times h squared. So taking the square root, this means a first order error uh, we have. So uh, this is, by the way, a special case of, of a general result which we put together. I have a supplemental question. Here, I guess, more is bound to do something as embedded because you want to define, you want to make sense of your of x, is it possible to extend your approximation to make it a function not only defined on the grid? Yes, uh, I mean, and then can put some functional representation. Yes, in fact, the method is that first uh, we we have the approximation not e on the grid, mm. and and the, and the error is measured not in the supremum form. But we consider the approximation living on the whole space in X, and then we measure the Soboyev norms, the error. This is more convenient technically, and then by Soboyev embedding, one can get the, 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 this uh, error in the supremum norm. So, this is the technical uh, details there, but important technical details. Right, so. The main part is just now in the last maybe five minutes or less. So the idea which I was talking about at the beginning is used to improve the accuracy. And so what we need to get is a kind of Taylor expansion. So we have the we have the solution U H. U H T X and T is from zero capital T X is from the three, but I mentioned also that in fact it can be extended, and that is part of the technique that it is considered in fact everywhere in X. But then the main results are formulated only on the grid, and we take the supreme norm. Okay, so we want to have the expansion that is a kind of Taylor expansion in this in this age. So U H T X equals U T X, the true solution, plus the sum U H J U sum functions P and X, randomness involved everywhere, is from zero to K plus a remainder which is we take out the k plus one times and here are uh, let's say k or k plus one depending also on the tx 
And the important thing is to have estimates on, on this on this term. It's suitable norm. So let us see what, what we have. Yes, this is the but so this is just the same, but T is written as an index. There okay, so this kind of expansion what we want to have and for all age non-negative and for all t and for all x where this UTH is the solution of the of the scheme. Right. Okay, and then the main theorem is that if n is large enough, so it should be then larger than the k plus something depending on the dimension, where k is the uh, the, the the number of the or the order of the Taylor uh, polynomial is the order uh, k, so that is the k. And, uh, and, the, and in the supreme norm, but we should also take the, the second moment, because the, the omega is involved, that is estimated independently of, of n. Uh, let's see, uh, once again, this, this part, so the hk plus 1 can go out, so this is the big order hk plus 1 term in the probabilistic sense in our two probabilistic uh, sense. Right, so this is the, the main result or one of the main results and then as I mentioned if one has such a result then by simple linear algebra one can uh, uh, show that this mixture has much better so the order is k plus 1 in this this norm, so the supremum norm, but also uh, the second moment of the supremum norm. So the error is so so different. Um, sometimes uh, one can have fewer terms in the expansion, and it is typical that the uh, order, order terms are missing. This is if, if there is a good symmetric approximation that the order of uh, terms are missing. So. Um, if this happens in the second example, which I haven't explained completely, I only uh, mentioned that the first order derivative is uh, approximated symmetrically. In that case, it turns out that the even order terms are missing, so fewer terms can be taken into account. So, so then we have to take coefficients which those terms, which makes those terms cancel, and this is what uh, theorem 3.3 is about, that, that we can define the, oops, uh, this u tilde is now defined like, uh, like this, where the, the new coefficients are taken uh, fewer of them, this is the integer part, so we want to have a k plus 1 order approximation, then we take k half integer part only in this mixture, and then uh, the Wonderman the matrix is defined uh, like this, instead of 2 to the minus, 
So this is, uh, and then we have, uh, with fewer terms, we have the same order. Uh, that is very useful, and in fact, uh, this is a simple example which says how good such an approximation or such a mixture can be, that if we take the four, three times the, the, uh, the approximation corresponding to the half, and then one minus one uh, third times the uh, approximation corresponding to H, then we immediately got uh, a fourth order approximation by taking the, taking the mixture, which is, which is very good. And now I just uh, uh, show an example uh, which uh, we calculated. So in the one-dimensional case, let us take this equation with um, constant coefficients. This is the second derivative, sec uh, uh, so one-dimensional Laplacian times three acting on the solution and the first order derivation acting here in front of the, of the noise. Then the natural approximation uh, for the second derivative, uh, the Laplacian, one-dimensional Laplacian, the symmetric one is this. The symmetric uh, for the first order is this one. And then the numerical example says that or calculate approximately that the solution which we can give a formula for it and, and a very good approximation for that at uh, time one and that at the origin is, is written here. Now by the finite difference scheme for h when h is 0.1 we get this approximation so you see uh, that up to the second digit, we have the uh, we have the same. Now we take half of it again. Now up to the third digit, we have the uh, we have the agreement with the with the original solution. Oops. Oops, oops, oops. Now we take the mixture. We take the mixture and then see that up to up to this one, so up to the one, two, three, four, five digit, we have the good agreement. And that also one can check that this level of accuracy can be achieved with such a, a mesh H, which is something like 15 times smaller than the H half. So dramatically increases the, the accuracy of this mixture method. So uh, I don't understand, it is, a, it is not a stochastic equation? It is a stochastic, it is a stochastic equation. Go back, so this one, we consider this one here. Of course, we should take, when we write it down, we should take a concrete, uh, um, sample for the Wiener process. We, we took the zero, but we could have taken any other value as well, and then we get the same one. For simplicity, uh, we, we took uh, the zero value for, for the stochastic um, uh, part, so therefore, so what we, what we do here is uh, uh, let's say, uh, 
we took this value, W1, so at time 1, the W is taken to be 0, or, but we could have taken any other one. So it is stochastic, but you're right that it is in, in the spirit that are deterministic but parameterized by, by, by randomness. Is, is that on U1 and 0 it's stochastic or sorry? U1 0. U1 0 it is stochastic or no? And look at this. So how how do we calculate then? Yeah. Yes. So there is there is this this stochastic interval. But that I guess more as I realize this president because your reasons take some approximation next to the county. So I would have expected to make some kind of approximation once more. Yes, yes, but uh, uh, the concerning the end, yes, but we don't have to do that. Right. Okay, so uh, now some words about the about the proof. The, the ah, no, 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 I cannot, I'm afraid. Okay, so maybe I should, those who are interested in the, in the proof can consult with me. Um, that's it, so thank you for the attention. Thank you. What about the time discretization? Yes, that could, yes, you're right that here we consider only space discretization. The time discretization can be done and then do to be, be, yes, but then the, the problem is that we, in, that we cannot really uh, accelerate in time by, by uh, by this by this method. So we can do this together with the time discretization, but we don't have acceleration with respect to the time. What we can do is is, is that first we approximate the stochastic PE by deterministic ones parameterized by by the omega, and then the, this deterministic one can be accelerated with respect to time, with respect to space, and that is what we did. But for the SPD, just considering the time discretization, we can't accelerate with respect to time. And sorry, taking that one more minute, because this is a very interesting question, because uh, you may ask that further, that, that why not, because we are weak, which can happen, or there is a theoretical uh, point here that we can accelerate. And then the answer is that there is a, 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 there is a, a, a theoretical answer that it is impossible to accelerate with respect to the time. And that, that is uh, known for SDEs already, because it turns out that in multi-dimensional as these, no matter what um, algorithm one uses uh, in the time 
from the time discretization, if one uses only the values of the driving noise, like the linear process, at the points of the discretization of the grid, then it is not possible to have better approximation than the other scheme does. Maybe the constant can be made, but not the, not the order of accuracy. So it is impossible. That, that is an example that is done by, by Clark. And also, a copy of mine, uh, Sandy Davy, showed that a similar example is work for SPDs as well. So, unfortunately, one cannot, cannot do the, this respect to. So, it is, this is why we consider only the space discretization. And if we want to have time, uh, time uh, discretization accelerated, then we should do other things. So first, and get rid of the SPD by Zappaya approximation, then estimate the error, or not the Bonsapaya approximation, then we estimate the error, and then the Bonsapaya is already wonderful, that approximation can be further approximated by, and then accelerated. So this is our approach. Okay. Uh, from the from the we can have acceleration, such as in SDEs, yes. In SDEs, yes, uh, yes, the two model time, and so my Maya. Yes, but but the, the answer is that we haven't done that. Yeah. I think it is possible, but too much work for 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 me and maybe maybe it's very difficult and that therefore therefore we are always uh, trying the passwise way motivated always by the uh, by the filtering program where you want to have passwise solutions and, and for each each trajectory of your observation you would like to calculate as precise as possible the the best estimate so this is always a strong approximation program. But there are big approximation programs, so you are right that that is a useful theory of that. Another question. Uh, the assumption is made on the position where one rationality is not to use Yes. And because we have some argument that cannot be traded as we invest, but also the game in the conversions. Can those be compared or? Because as far as I remember, the speaking method we did not do it because of it. Because of course, it does it does it like that. Like if we choose the one bound to be able to define the solution at the point, which may be possible to do in any similar kind of any similar space. So do you think that these results are comparable? Yes. Which one is the fastest? So, so the. In the splitting method, the splitting was with respect, yes, as usual, with respect to the time discretization. And the results are very similar. Very similar. The method completely different. In the, in the time discretization, I felt it was a, a more interesting idea to, to use the, the acceleration method. Here, this one is a I would say classical ideas are used in, in, in this. Okay, so these are comparable 
uh, now the techniques are, are different, but what, what is interesting, I think, to, to do the two together. That's, that's yes, right. yes, to combine, to combine, to, to combine the two together. Yes, yes. But yeah, you, we did the, the splitting method um, for STDs, but then we were not able to accelerate again. So the acceleration we, we could do only for the deterministic part. So again, that, that. Something which, we, which we think about and should think about. Now, um, there is a problem with the boundary domain. Mm -hmm. So, here, one approach to justify that, to say that this is practically still relevant because that can be uh, 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 really a, a question that we, we solve here infinite dimensional problems as approximations. Yes, we have infinitely many points. So first I answer to this that, that one can take a big ball and then couple, make everything zero outside, then uh, estimate the error, which, which is possible, and one can put error estimates and then do this only, only and then get results, um, which is practically reasonable for this case as well. So this is uh, not just the answer not to your uh, question. To that is that um, in the literature uh, one has results for bounded domains, it turns out that one cannot accelerate to any order because one should take account the boundary effect. In fact, there one should, either one should take smaller and smaller uh, mesh sizes uh, going towards the boundary and then in this way one can accelerate but using the, the same mesh sizes it is, it is impossible to accelerate to any order in there. But we haven't done yet anything for, 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 um, in this direction. What I only know that there are these programs that you can and there are positive results that, that up to some terms you can do the expansion and then up to, up to those. So in the literature there are some, some results in this direction. We have some idea how to, how to do uh, in, in another way the, the acceleration on the domain. But we haven't checked, so we are afraid that we do not really gain because we have to do. So when we would like to have a high order acceleration, we have to make very, very tiny mesh sizes towards the boundary. And then that is a question already whether this is practically that because more and more there, we gain something, but we lose a lot when we make finer and finer towards the boundary. more basic questions. So if you take uh, or think about um, more stochastic sampling, like a stochastic grid, yeah. ah. where, where H goes to zero on average, 
Yeah. <laughs> 